Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. Alright, welcome back. Welcome. Hi. Full disclosure, I am eating peanut butter. I... So Taylor's Taylor's gonna have to edit out some some noises. Some bana- some pe- um peanut butter noises. Hey. I'm not eating peanut butter, but I did eat some for breakfast this morning, and I didn't have a plate, so I just opened a giant-ass container of peanut butter on my desk at work, and uh, the people probably thought I was weird, because I like to, you know, put a little peanut butter on my banana, so every time I would break off mm-hmm. a piece of banana, but then I'd have to stick my, my knife back in the peanut butter and then just do it on the banana. Um, I eat a lot at my desk at work, but it's because I'm always so hungry. I also eat a lot at my desk, um, but I, we all have our little snack drawers mm-hmm. in our desk. Yeah. My bo- This is my issue, though. My boss loves to steal snacks. And I'm like, girl, Mm-mm. you make more money than anybody in this office. Like, I'm okay with sharing, but you're going to have to contribute. No. If somebody reached their hand into my snack drawer, um, it would not be a pretty day. Also, my snack drawer has mostly half-eaten snacks. Like, I'll open a bag of something, eat half of it, and then tape it back up for the next day. So, how do they know I haven't licked every single chip in that bag just to mess with them? They don't. They don't. And it has just come to my attention that the peanut butter I'm eating expires in a month. So, I really need to get cracking on this jar. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least it ain't expired yet. (laughs) But I'm also convinced the, like, processed foods don't expire. No, I feel like... Like, they do it... Like, like they do, but they don't. I feel like peanut butter will be alright. It just depends. Now, milk, that shit will expire even before the date. And I'm like, why? Why? Uh, I believe milk and bread. Those are the two that expire. And they expire so quickly. Uh But, like, a jar of peanut butter, a box of crackers... Twinkies? You're fine. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even had a box of Twinkies. Well, I've had a Twinkie, but I've you... never owned a box of them. Well, if you own one, <laughs> you'll own it for years to come. Uh, I've never personally had one. I'm not a fan of the Twinkies. I am more of a Cosmic Brownies by Little Debbie's. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy the little Christmas trees they give out christmas time the little white ones with the oh, sprinkles yeah on. yeah i like uh yeah what did i used to like i like the star crunches i used to really like the star crunch you know what i'm talking about the star crunches are so good oh, yeah. yeah those were my go-to for a while oh oh and those uh the fudge rounds you know what i'm talking about the, the chocolate oatmeal pies that are just all chocolate mm-hmm. god them used to be so good Tell, tell me you were fat as a child without telling me you were fat as a child. Uh, hey, I'm working on not being fat currently. Got a gym membership to Planet Fitness. Went for the first time yesterday. Right as I pulled up, there was a fire truck outside because the, the alarms were going off. Um, but what did I... I finally got into the Planet Fitness, but that was not the interesting part. So I decided while I was working out, I was going to watch the movie um hereditary have you watched hereditary i have not but go on it was i know i know what happens so that's why i'm not incredibly underwhelming um everybody hyped it up too much i thought it was gonna like disturb me to my core i watched it i was like i mean yes i mean it's bad like if like child loss parent loss like that was the disturbing parts you know um but I'm going to be honest, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, I watched Midsommar, which I feel like is a similar vein, and that one has stuck with me because it was so weird. Like, I couldn't even comprehend it. I kind of want to watch it again. Like, but Hereditary, I was just like, I didn't get it. I still don't understand what happened at the end. Like, I don't get what the whole dealio was. Yeah, I feel like... And that's why I have just not watched and it. I paid for because it I feel on like YouTube. It- <laughs> see that's my worst fear it's like i really want to watch promising young woman and i'm like should i pay for it and i'm like i don't know because what if it sucks i'm kind of glad i but then it also has it also has bo burnham in it oh. so how can it suck 
I'm kind of glad I paid for it because now it's out of the way. I know it wasn't great. It wasn't that, like, it wasn't scary, which I know it's not like a scary movie, scary movie, but it didn't disturb me like people said it does. But maybe that's also because we're a little desensitized to that type of stuff. I don't know. But if you were going to, if you're listening and you've never watched Midsommar and you've never watched Hereditary and you're wanting to watch one of those that will like really mess you up in the head because you like that kind of stuff, watch Midsommar. It'll mess you up in the head. It'll also probably make you laugh. Not the intention, but it will. Uh, So that would be my uh, decision. Did you ever watch Midsommar? You got to watch. No, we talked about that and get back to it. We talked about it last week. (laughs) I'll watch it. If you, I'll watch it with you. I'll don't watch, watch it. it with your. So you can watch it the second time. Don't watch it with your. No, mom. I'll go watch it with my parents. <laughs> don't watch it with your mom. <laughs> uh, but but anyways, this isn't a this isn't a podcast where we review movies. It could be, but it's not. It is a podcast called "This Is Going to Sound Weird," and each week we tackle a different theme uh, that's based off of true crime, paranormal, and everything in between. This week's theme is spooky ladies. Spooky ladies. Yeah. Ooh, spooky ladies. See how high she flies. <laughs> that, I really tried. That concert was brought to you free of charge. We're now accepting free of charge <laughs> via <laughs> our anchor account. Please. Or you can just slide in our Instagram DMs and we'll give you our Venmo handles. <laughs> yeah, that will be that will be also acceptable. You know, maybe you want to buy us a drink. You are more than welcome to do you that. You can. You can. But I'm going to go ahead with my story. All right. This week for my spooky lady, I am tackling the spooky lady of Marie Laveau. Dun dun. A.K.A. the Voodoo Queen of New Orleans, mm. and I have never been to New Orleans, but I have been told that you're supposed to say it like all one word. It's not New Orleans; it's New Orleans. New Orleans, or or New Orleans. Yeah, I've heard some people say so. that people from New Orleans say that if you're from there, you can only say it a certain way, and if you're not from there, but I don't remember which one's which. I usually say New Orleans. Um, or I just say Nowlands because I think that's fun. <laughs> Nowla, the Big Easy, Bourbon Street, or whatever. <laughs> the French Quarter. Oh. Anyways, um, my sources are Wikipedia, Forgotten Lives on YouTube, and Legends of History on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, which both were pretty good, and I was thinking about that. I was like. There was a whole YouTube page about occult stuff, and I said, I will come back to this. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but Marie Laveau was born in September of 1801 and was a free woman of color in colonial New Orleans, which is today's the French Quarter of Louisiana. And both of her parents were freed people of color because at that time, like New Orleans was very different compared to the rest of the South. In the fact that people who were enslaved could work to buy themselves out of slavery. Hmm. So basically they would kind of like work for a wage and then they could eventually like own land, run businesses, be free, and they could even own slaves themselves. And that's exactly what... Uh, Marie's mother and grandmother did. They worked in order to become free, so Marie ended up being born and she was free already. Now, little is documented about Marie's childhood, but it is believed that she attended Catholic Mass daily and spent much of her time in her grandmother's home where she learned to become a hairdresser and also learned about voodoo culture. Now, for those of you who don't know what voodoo is essentially it is it's it's really a a religion Mm -hmm. and it blends together african traditions that were brought over from people who were enslaved and catholicism so practitioners of catholicism in new orleans believed in god just like any old christian would 
but they also communicated with ancestral spirits and oftentimes those who practice Louisiana voodoo would incorporate things like holy water, incense, statues of saints, and prayers into their voodoo rituals. And these voodoo rituals were passed down to Marie from her mother and her grandmother who also practiced voodoo. Now, while working in the beauty shop, Marie would service some of the most prominent and wealthy women in New Orleans. And, you know, these women back then were just like women today. They would come to the salon and they would gossip. Oh, yeah. They would complain about their husbands, their lives, whatever. And they would tell um, Marie about their lives and their desires. And she was able to become pretty friendly with these women, which helped Marie become, like, she basically was able to obtain a higher status in society because people liked her. She knew things about them. You know, she was just able to kind of rub elbows with people and network. Um, now, in 1819, Marie married Jacques Paris, who was a free man of color who had fled as a refugee from the Haitian Revolution. And together they had two children... Marie Laveau mm -hmm. and Marie Glapion. However, this was pretty much the extent of all we know about Marie's first husband. Mm -hmm. In fact, there isn't really a record of his death. It kind of seems like he might have just fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> so he could he he could have died. He could have left Marie, or he could have mysteriously disappeared. Uh, all we huh. know. Is he 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 departs in some capacity. He gone. Um, but it is known that Marie entered into a domestic partnership with Christophe Glapion, who was a nobleman. And because Christophe was a nobleman, Marie no longer had to work in the salon and could focus more on her voodoo practices. It said that Marie would often wear a snake around her neck named Zombie after an African god while practicing voodoo and would host rituals where she would dance and sing to spirits. Marie gained popularity as the voodoo queen of New Orleans by selling grigri bags, which is said to bring good fortune and protect the wearer from danger. So essentially, the bags would contain items that had been blessed by voodoo I don't know if voodoo priest is the correct word but basically they had been blessed mm -hmm. and if you wore these bags you would be free from danger mm. she also acted as a healer and herbalist she would perform her services in her home at St. Anne Street in the middle of Ghost Square and on the shores of Lake Pontecartrian I don't know. <laughs> uh, now, in one ritual she performed, Laveau would place several hot peppers in her mouth and would keep them there for several hours. So they would just burn the shit mm. out of the inside of her mouth. Mm. And it was the belief that the spirits would take pity on her because, you know, she's basically experiencing all this pain and would grant her what she sought. Mm -hmm. In one instance, Marie placed the hot peppers beneath the seat, the ones that had bit in her mouth, beneath the seat of the town's judge during a trial. It's believed that the energy and spirits from the peppers is what caused the judge to find the man on trial not guilty. Because essentially, like, wealthy people would be like, hey, Marie, I really need you to get me out of this bind. Oh. You know, such and such happened, going on trial, I really need your help. Um, and she was also known as a master of divination. However, some speculate that Marie's knowledge of the social scene in New Orleans from her time as a hairdresser allowed her to appear as if she could see the future and know things that, you know, she couldn't have known. So Laveau would also gather secrets regarding the wealthy and powerful by confronting their servants for information. So it would either be like, maybe she'd pay them off or she'd like... Maybe, like, kind of threaten them. Like, if you don't tell me what, you know, your boss is doing, I'm going to curse you. Oh. And and this would allow her to know things she shouldn't. So while you could believe, you know, kind of depends on the type of person you are, you could believe that 
the hot peppers are what made the judge, you know, vote in favor of, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever she needed him to. Or it could also be that Marie just had some dirt on the judge and was like, listen, I know you've been doing X, Y, and Z. If you don't help this this guy get off um, scot-free, I'm going to, you know, tell everybody your, your dirty laundry. I'm going to air it out right here in the French Quarter. Look, either way, she kind of a baddie. Uh, oh yeah, then, no, she is a woman. You know, doing that mess. Even if you are just snooping, look, you got to use the gossip to your advantage. I always have. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, you know, she could have just talked some shit and gossiped, but no, she's called. She's strategizing. Yeah, she uses she's it. She's she's building a brand. So. She was also known as a female religious leader and community activist. When free women of color were accused of crimes, she would often pay their bonds. And Marie was really seen as someone whose goal was to just help locals in New Orleans. So she would visit prisoners and provide them with food and pray over them, oftentimes like in their final hours before they were put to like execution. And when the yellow fever made its way through New Orleans... She acted as a healer and used natural remedies on people who were suffering from yellow fever. And this actually ended up helping more than traditional medical treatments at the time. Because, I mean, back then, they, you know, it wasn't like they gave you a Tylenol or whatever. They did things like they would bleed you out or they would give you, they would give you laxatives. Which, that's what fucking killed George Washington. Laxatives? No, they, oh. no. George Washington died because he was sick and they just kept bleeding him. Oh, they be- yeah. They believed that if you, they believed, like, you needed to get the bad blood out. That, and I think he just died of blood loss. That's so terrible. And, like, you know, I mean, if you don't. No, uh, they didn't give him, <laughs> they didn't give George Washington a Miralax. Look, it could, I mean, that could kill you if you get too dehydrated. <laughs> Your butthole is just so sore you just that you just have your heart to end it all. <laughs> I've been close before. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, after that uh, Starbucks nitro cold brew hits you, it is all over. Uh, have you ever had the Diablo sauce from Taco Bell? You've been there. Listen, I already, <laughs> I already know, I already know that the Diablo sauce has done you dirty. God, it's so bad. Never know. eat it. And they used to, they sell it at Food Line, so beware. Yeah, I know. And you obviously <laughs> didn't learn your lesson because you ate it like three times. Like it hurt your stomach the one time and you were like, eh, I think it might have been a fluke. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and put yourself in the hospital. It's not a fluke. <laughs> it was not a fluke. Uh, now, in June of 1881, Marie Laveau died peacefully in her home at 79. And her funeral was a very lavish affair. It was attended by a diverse audience, including many members of the white elite. Basically, Mm -hmm. anybody who was anybody was there. And Marie was pretty well loved for the people of New Orleans because they saw her as someone who generally tried to help others and was trying to improve New Orleans. And she is generally believed to have been buried in Plot 347 in St. Louis Cemetery. Mm -hmm. But this has been disputed because, you know, I guess there's a lot of women named Marie Laveau. And just because, like, back then, you know, I don't know, I guess nobody could really spell. So sometimes, like, the spellings would get messed up. But she's generally believed to be buried Uh there. But she could also be buried somewhere else. Uh, and tourists visit her tomb and draw X's on her tombstone because it's the belief that if you want Marie Laveau to grant your wish, you have to put a cross on the tombstone, turn around three times, knock on the tomb, and yell at your wish. And if your wish is granted, you have to come back, circle the X that you drew, and leave Laveau an offering. Oh. Now, after the Civil War in New Orleans, things began to shift. Uh, The rights of free people of color began to kind of be taken away 
and the practice of voodoo was no longer accepted as it had been before because before you know I think people of New Orleans were a little bit more like hey you know we've got people from different cultures you know we're just blending of the cultures but when the Civil War happened people were like no we're racist you know Mm -hmm. and just kind of saw it as like devil work Uh even though that's literally it literally is not um so marie's daughter also named marie continued with her mother's tradition of practicing voodoo however it is said that she did not have the same warmth no nor compassion as her mother did so marie the second set to spark fear from others whereas like Marie the first kind of tried to be friends with everyone and friendly with everyone. Mm-hmm. Second Marie said, bump all that. <laughs> so she really leaned into, like, people think I worship the devil, you know, oh, I'm a voodoo yeah. master, you know, kind of to spook people. But she was also known to fulfill the wishes of men and would host gatherings where women would dance naked for wealthy men in the town. However, running, despite running what, you know, many would consider to be a brothel, the police never confronted Laveau out of fear that she would be cursed. Hell yeah. Like, she would curse them. Hell yeah. Look, you gotta use it to your advantage. She is a businesswoman. God bless her. But I've also heard that, because there's, like, the speculation that, like, Marie Laveau lived for, you know, hundreds of years But I think, like, from what I understand, it's because her daughter was named Marie Laveau and other women Uh were named Marie Laveau. So it's like, and, you know, they didn't keep good records back then. So it's very possible that, you know, people, they just, all the records blended together. True. Especially with her daughter also being Marie Laveau. And Marie Laveau, the first... She um she lived to be pretty old, I would say, for the time, like, 79? Yes, she lived to be very old. So, you know, maybe they were like, she lived for, like, a hundred years. Can you believe it? Which, at the time, yeah, people because people be dying at, like, Back 30. in the day. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, he lived so, like, he lived such a full life. He died at 35. Well, he got to do everything he ever wanted. He had about ten kids, and they just... <laughs> passed out and died he took some laxatives and died (laughs) he ate some diablo sauce uh but that is the story of marie laveau um i am really intrigued by her especially because you know i like anybody i also watched American Horror Story Coven. Mm-hmm. And I think Angela Bassett just does such a good job of portraying her. Yep. But like I was rewatching clips of that season to kind of, you know, get some. But like I can tell that the creators of that show did some darn good research. Because they they were mentioning stuff in the episode and I was like, Man, I read that. I read that. Dang. I need to rewatch that season. Because that was the first one I ever watched, and I didn't really, I was like, I wasn't young, but I was like in high school or whatever, but I need to watch it again. Oh, yeah. I rewatched it last year around Halloween. Kind of spooky. Oh, yeah. So, I'd recommend, you know, I would recommend the first three seasons of American Horror Story, and I will stick to that. Yeah, the one, the Roanoke Colony one, weird as hell. The first half is good. Second half, I quit watching it. Everything after Coven, it just gets too much. It just gets too much. Mm-hmm. But anyways, thank you for that story. I enjoyed it. You're you're welcome. I want to know what spooky lady you're going to tell me about. I'm Bree. I'm Kylie. And I'm Nicole. And we're the Perfect Stranglers. Join us each week as we chat about all things weird, unsettling, and unknown. Every Thursday, we dive into a deliciously disturbing story involving anything from true crime to demons, cryptids to creepypastas. No topic is off limits, and no story is too disturbing for the Perfect Stranglers. Listen to Perfect Stranglers, a true crime podcast, every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Okay, so the spooky lady that I'm going to tell you about is Elizabeth Bathory. 
Ever heard of her? I feel like maybe that sounds familiar, but you I'm going to need a little yeah, more information. You probably have. Um, I have, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know the whole story. So my sources are historytoday.com. Uh, the article was Death of Countess Elizabeth Bathory by Richard Cavendish. Uh, Wikipedia.com. History.com. Hungarian Countesses Torturous Escapades Are Exposed. TheLineup.com. 10 Bloody Movies Based on the Countess Elizabeth Bathory by Catherine Fillon. Uh, so, Elizabeth Bathory was born on her family's estate in Nirbator, Royal Hungary, which I believe is now like a modern day Transylvania area. Um, and she was born in 1560. I do want to do a caveat on this one. Um, it do get pretty graphic toward the end. Uh, you know, it's like an old-timey oh. story, but it is fairly graphic. And also, um, there's a lot of names in here that I may mispronounce. I did try to do, like, the phonetic spelling of a lot of them, but now I'm looking at it, and I still don't even know if I know how to say it with how I initially wrote it or, you know, try to spell it out. Uh, fa- fair enough. Also, sometimes I black out when I read my story, and halfway through, I was like, how do you pronounce the last name Laveau? I think that is... Like, I just couldn't remember. Yeah, I think... Yeah. So, yeah, throughout this one, because, like, I put, you know, the spelling on one spot where I say the name, but throughout, I'll probably mess it up. But anyways, Elizabeth... Also, also, already, you tell me that it's going to get graphic. As soon as you said hungry, all I could think of was my Vlad the Conqueror episode. Yeah. I mean... And how graphic that was. Yeah. So... It's, uh, I don't know if it will reach that level, but it will probably get close. So, her father was Baron George V Bathory, who was of the Etched branch of the family, and during her childhood, Elizabeth lived in the Etched Castle. Her mother was Baroness Anna Bathory, and she was also of a royal family. Now, while most of Elizabeth's family members were obviously distinguished royal people, she had some relatives who were not so distinguished. One of her uncles instructed her in Satanism at a young age. Um, Now, I know current day Satanism is not the worship of Satan. Uh, Now, back in the 1500s, I cannot attest to what that exactly means. Um, But her aunt also taught her at a young age all about sadomasochism. So not Ooh. so not great things to be learning as a child. And uh, as a child, Elizabeth suffered from seizures that were likely caused by epilepsy, which was possible due to the fact that she was a child of incest. Now, I don't, mm, not, you know, everybody with epilepsy is a child of incest, but apparently the two could be connected. Um... So, at the time, the people who had uh, similar symptoms to that of what we consider modern-day epilepsy, they were just considered as having, quote, falling sickness. (laughs) I guess because you'd fall over. Um, And so, the treatments for falling sickness often included rubbing uh, the blood of a non-sufferer onto the lips of the person who was suffering with the falling sickness. Oh, gross. Or uh, the non-sufferer would give the person a mix of their blood and a piece of a skull as um, the episode ended. I don't really know what that means. Maybe they had, like, animal skulls on hand. And so they would think, I guess, as you're ending your seizure, if they give you some blood and a skull, it would help you. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she probably uh, continued to have seizures. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) So, Elizabeth was raised as a Calvinist Protestant, and as a young person, she learned Latin, German, Hungarian, and Greek. Uh, She was obviously in a wealthy and noble family, so she had privileges as a child. While, you know, she had these seizures and she had an odd family member, she had, like, a good childhood because she was, after all, a noble But uh, her childhood really didn't last very long uh, because at just the age of 10, Elizabeth got engaged to Count Ferenc Nassasti, 
which was uh, the two probably, you know, got engaged for a political arrangement between the two families. Um, but Elizabeth's social status was higher than that of her fiance. So when the two got married, she refused to change her last name. I respect that. Uh, bad bitch. Bad bitch. But in, so instead of that, her husband actually took her last name. So, you know, she really out there. The couple got married when Elizabeth was just 15 and he was 19. So at least uh, they weren't that far apart in age. At least it wasn't like he's in his 40s and she's like a teenager. <laughs> and around 4,500 guests were invited to their wedding. And it was held at the Palace of Vranov nad Toplo on May 8th, 1575. So very fancy, I would assume. How much, how much money do you think it costs to feed those uh, 4,000-some guests? I don't know. What is the average? Um, you're, you're the one planning the wedding. Um, how much is it? You know, $12 a plate? Oh. At 4,000 th- 4, heads? <laughs> That's a lot. And, uh, you know, $12 is a cheap estimate. So I'm going to go ahead and say they had to yeah. go out and kill uh, lots of deers because I assume that's what they were eating. Yeah. And were they, you know, you got to think about, that's just for the reception. Did they have a cocktail hour with hors d'oeuvres? I hope not. How much alcohol? Uh, they were drinking lots. What about the cake? How big was the wedding cake? They were drinking lots of mead. Yum. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I have some more mead, please? Uh, uh, but before the two got married, when Elizabeth was just 13, something a little scandalous was said to have happened. So, oh. when Elizabeth was 13, it's alleged that she gave birth to a daughter. The daughter was said to be fathered by a peasant boy in the community who had supposedly been given away by a local woman and entrusted to the Bathory family to raise. So... Obviously, you know, Elizabeth's fiancé, not happy about this child. Um, So it was rumored that once uh, the fiancé found out about the baby, he had the peasant boy castrated and then had him torn to pieces by dogs. Oh. Yeah. And once... Also, this is... I know you... Have you seen Game of Thrones? A few episodes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well then that's just not gonna help you. But anyone who listen who's watched Game of Thrones, like this is very much giving me Game of Thrones. I ain't gonna give anything away, but I mean it's got the, the, the vibes. torn apart by dogs and the yeah and the castration. Oh my god, it's got the vibes. I always said I was gonna watch it. I don't know if I ever will. One day I might. I watched like the first season, I think, and then I stopped because the episodes are just so long. But after the child was born, it was quietly hidden from view and seemingly not mentioned again. Because, you know, it was uh, not what the family wanted, you know, to have shared around. However, the evidence of the pregnancy and the relationship between her and the peasant boy, the, um, like, rumors of it didn't really appear until after Elizabeth's death. Um, And the rumors were basically just spread among the peasants of the community. So, the validity of these rumors are questioned. But, you know, still could have happened. So, now we're back now. We're uh, back to, you know, Count Ferenick and Elizabeth got married. So, his wedding gift to Elizabeth was his house, which was the castle of Cheta, which was in Little Carpathians. Very modest wedding gift, I might say. Oh, did he get it at Bed Bath & Beyond? I think so. Did he register? It's on a discount. He had a coupon. <laughs> he had one of those 20% off coupons that expired 10 years ago. Take it. But in 1578, Elizabeth's husband became the chief commander of the Hungarian troops and had to lead them into war against the Ottomans. So, while her husband was away at war, Elizabeth was in charge of managing managing their business affairs and all of their estates. Her role included taking responsibility for all of the Hungarian and Slavic people while her husband was at war. So, she was a busy lady. 
And during the Long War that spanned from 1593 to 1606, she was charged with defending all of her husband's estates, which lay on the route to Vienna because they were concerned that these estates may be plundered by the Ottomans. The fucking Ottomans, man. We talked about this in my Vlad the Conqueror episode. I feel like I'm in world history. I know. Junior year. AP world history. I'm going to have to write an essay on this. I didn't know all these Ottomans could walk. I usually put my feet on them. Didn't. Listen, listen, listen. We started off the episode with a absolutely stunning musical rendition by me. Then you've got Stand Up With Taylor. <laughs> what else could you want on this podcast? Any- you can't wa- want much more. We're giving you gold. I know. I know. And a history lesson all wrapped up in one. Now, it's said that while her husband was away at war, Elizabeth took various lovers. Um, you know... But it's also said that she had four children with her husband during their life. But now this is pure speculation on my part. But how do we know that they were all his? Because it didn't seem like he was home very much. But that is neither here nor there. That is the least juicy part of this story. So. <laughs> Oop. The least scandalous. Yeah. So, around this time, while Elizabeth was continuing to manage the estates um, and such, you know, is when word was starting to spread about some nefarious and uh, sadistic activities taking place in the castle. So, people started to say that Elizabeth was torturing and killing young girls in the town. Ooh. And apparently, when Elizabeth and the Count moved into the castle, the Count, which was her husband, had a torture chamber built into the castle for Elizabeth so he could please her. Um, So he was like, hey, honey, I'll build you this because I really know you like it. And at first, the girls that she was torturing were her servants at her castles and the daughters of local peasants. And it's said that her husband also participated in these activities, but that in some ways his presence actually seemed to restrain her impulses because when he died in 1604, Elizabeth escalated with her level of torture. So, when he died, Elizabeth got her former nurse, Ilona Jew, and a local witch, Dorota Cezentes, that, that sounded Spanish, but I don't know if this lady was Spanish. They lived in Transylvania, so I'm going to say probably not. Uh, <laughs> oh, you need, to, you need to say it like this. <laughs> Is that how they talk? That's, that, Transylvania? that's how they talk. I don't, I don't say blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> oh, yes. Talk like you're Adam Sandler in Hotel Transylvania. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that my attempt at any accent is completely offensive in every way possible. Like, I can't do anything other than Southern. It's impossible. Sometimes I might do a Northern accent, but I'm scared of people from the North, so I don't want to make them angry. <laughs> Uh, fair enough, fair enough. So, if Adam Sandler's listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, look, I think he'd appreciate it. He himself, you know, he does all sorts of accents. I guess. I don't know. What's Adam Sandler doing these wet days? Wearing basketball shorts? <laughs> He's just wearing basketball shorts. Uh, so, yeah, she recruited these two ladies to help her continue to abduct and, ki- abduct and kill peasant girls. But as she continued her uh, torture and killing, she actually began to do the same thing to girls that would be sent to her by the local gentry families. So they would send, you know, like the local nobles would send their daughters to her so they could learn, you know, good manners and etiquette. Um, But once she would get them, she would kill them. Oh. So Elizabeth thought that if she drew... I'm going to be pissed. You paying. I send my girl to school and she... (laughs) Paying for this. Paying for this. She dead now. And now we got to pay for a funeral too. (laughs) Who do you think we are? Bill Gates. Can... Can I get a refund? <laughs> Can I get a fee fund? Uh, so, 
Elizabeth thought that if she drank the blood of the young girls, then she could preserve her youth and her beauty. Mm-mm. Witnesses re- Gross. Yeah. Witnesses reported that she would stab the young girls or would bite their breasts, hands, faces, and arms. And she would cut them with scissors, stick needles in their lips, and burn them with red hot irons, coins, and keys. So, torture. Um, She would also jam pins and needles under their fingernails. She would tie them down, apparently, and smear them with honey, and then leave them to be attacked by bees and ants. So, like, just torture for torture's sake. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And the girls that would end up being killed would typically just be killed from being beaten and tortured so much. And some were starved to death. So, the rumors spread all around town. And at this point, they were apparently pretty believable. So, a Lutheran minister went to the Hungarian authorities to report these atrocities. In 1610, the Hungarian authorities began an investigation, and the reason that they started the investigation, like, you know, because at first it was just peasant girls going missing, but once they realized that she was killing and torturing the children of the nobles, they were like, oh, this is unacceptable. You know, they thought that those children were worth saving, but the peasant children weren't. Um, I put in my uh, notes, insert eye roll here. Um, not that we should be surprised, but shitty, okay? I agree. So, in December of that same year, Elizabeth was arrested as well as four of her favorite servants and intimates, which I assume are like the people who help her get dressed and such, um, because they were all accused of being her accomplices. In January of 1611, Elizabeth and all of her accomplices were put on trial for 80 counts of murder, and they were all convicted but Elizabeth was the only one that was able to escape execution. Oh my god, how pissed would you be? I know. Uh, But instead of being executed, Elizabeth was confined to a room in her castle that had only small slits to allow her to breathe some air and to allow people to, like, slide some food to her. She survived in this room for three years, but on the evening of August 20th, 1614, she told her guard that her hands were very cold, and he said, quote, It's nothing, mistress. Just go lie down. She went to sleep that night, and she was found dead in the room the next morning. She was buried in the cemetery of the Church of... See, now I can't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, hold on, let me scroll back up and I can do it. Pause, please. She was buried in the cemetery of the Church of Cheta, which was, I assume, like, maybe attached to the castle. It's the same name as the castle. Um, anyways, she was buried there in November of 1614. However, some sources say that villagers were outraged that she was buried in their own cemetery, you know, with maybe even some of their children. So her body was disinterred and moved to her birth home in Echid, where she was placed in the Bathory family crypt. But to this day, the actual location of her body is unknown, similar to Marie Laveau. They don't know where these ladies are. Maybe they escaped. They ain't dead. Now, while the story of Bathory is strange and horrifying... Some think that the whole thing may have just been a conspiracy. Okay. The whole story, even at the time, was spread by rumors, like peasants' rumors, and she was convicted by the same. So she was basically convicted on rumors. Um, While it's said (laughs) that there were witnesses and survivors that would attest to these horrible things she did, it's really unclear of what's true and what's not. I would argue that she probably did kill people, um, but maybe it wasn't so salacious as the story has become to be. Um, But either way, this creepy story continues to fascinate people today, especially the whole, like, vampire nature of it. 
Um, and there's lots of movies based on her. I've never watched any of them, but some of them include Chastity Bites, Mama Dracula, Immoral Tales, and many more. And most of these, you know, have to do with, um, like, a vampire lady. Um, which, the thing that, you know, is very interesting, what is up with Transylvania and all of the vampire stories? Like, I know, like, Dracula... Must, it must be something in the water. Like, Dracula is obviously from, like, Transylvania, but I didn't realize that she was, like, an inspiration for, like, a female vampire type of situation. I think it just, I honestly, I feel like it was just, shit was so harsh back then. Like, it's, what was, what year was this? It was like early 1600s, late 1500s. Yeah, so like, shit was not good. People are pooping in the streets. (laughs) Everyone's, everyone is sick. The Ottomans are going to come mess you up any day of the week true so and i feel like it was probably harsh weather i mean it's freaking transylvania it's got to be pretty cold and harsh winters true um and like you think about like medieval torture devices you know those were common so i think i don't know i think it was just a kill or be killed type world now the drinking of the blood is what's interesting to me um, now, I don't know if that's got something to do with, I don't know. I feel like that's a common theme, though. Like, it is, yeah. people drinking blood or, like, people taking blood and putting it on their bodies. Well, even in, to, like, uh, be young. The American Horror Story Coven, Kathy Bates's character would put the blood of her slaves on her face. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like a theme. I don't know. But, um... Yeah, that was the story of Elizabeth Bathory, a very uh, spooky lady, I would say. I wouldn't want to see her on the streets. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see her. Um, But I feel like there has to be some, like, even if, like, not everything she did was, like, accurate, there has to be some truth because I'm thinking, like, peasant children had to have have gone missing. And, like, noble people had to have gone missing. For, like, because I feel like you wouldn't just up and start this random rumor. Like, there's got to be some truth to it. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely has to be truth, especially um, when the noble children started going missing. Because, like, their parents know they're gone and people know who they are and know that they went to her house and they never came back. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. something happened. Uh, and it was yeah. not good. No. And, you know, from the time she was a yeah. little kid, like, she probably had this weird fascination with, like, blood because of the whole falling sickness stuff. And her uncle and aunt was teaching her some real messed up stuff. So, I don't know. It's wild. I really couldn't say. But, yeah. I, th- I do think that's interesting, though. That I mean, maybe they're, maybe vampires are just real in Transylvania. Do you ever think about that? Maybe. Let's go. Hey. Fund our trip to Transylvania. We'll put our Venmo out into the world. And y'all can Venmo us trips to Transylvania. Taylor really wants to go to Transylvania. As she does love Hotel Transylvania. I do love Hotel Transylvania. They should put a Hotel Transylvania hotel in Transylvania. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Second idea. Y'all fund us opening a hotel in a country you've never been in. We'll put our Venmos in, uh-huh. <laughs> our Instagram. Uh-huh. Hey, Sydney's worked at us. a hotel. She can do it. I believe in her. Brandon has built a couple I... things. You know, he can he can uh, build the thing. Listen, I got a degree in tourism. Taylor's getting a degree in law. Brandon, he is handy. We can do this. He has a degree in construction. There you go. Say less. We can do it. We're just going to be triple threat right here. The uh, rooms will Get be in on the ground. at least $500 a night. <laughs> yep. Um, get in on the ground floor. Invest now so that you can reap the benefits of our success later. Yup. Adam Sandler will be our first guest. Absolutely. It's only It only seems right. 
Uh-huh. Uh, but thank you for that horrifying story. Uh, what is our theme for next week? Uh, I don't know. What was it? It is, I think it's unknown or disappearance. Something like okay. that. Very, it's a very ominous thing. I do know that. Ominous. Unsolved. Dun dun. dun, dun. So. Unsolved. Love to see. A lot of people like unsolved Maybe. stuff. I don't know. A lot of times unsolved doesn't speak to me because they irritate me, but they are fascinating. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like a lot of times with unsolved stuff, let's be honest, we all know what happened. True. Except for, well, no, I'm not going to do that one. It's too, it's very long. Have you watched the unsolved mysteries, like the first episode, the Ray Rivera one? No, I don't think so. You should watch it. That one, I still got no idea. I got no idea. If y'all got thoughts, send them to me. It's a very complex story. Um, anyways... But John Bonet Ramsey, we all know. Yeah. We all know. Yeah. But um follow us on all of our things, Instagram, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, uh Facebook. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. Um, you know, we might send you a koozie if you do that and let us know. Cause I still have a lot of mm-hmm. koozies at my house. Um I also have some koozies at my house. And we have stamps. We do. And I actually sent a koozie to one of uh, a girl I went to high school with recently because I posted it on my Snapchat. And she was like, hey, I like that. And I was like, great, I'll send you one. And then she shouted us out on her Snapchat. So if you're listening to this, Hannah, thanks. And if you're not, that's okay. Thanks, Hannah. That's okay. (laughs) She might be be starting from episode one. She might be starting from episode one. She might be uh anyway she, she saw the she saw our anniversary post she did one year of podcasting yay Woo-hoo! anyways that's not it uh but that's that is it okay um but everyone have a great week have a good weekend we will see you hopefully next week god willing <laughs> unless uh unless unless um the diablo sauce takes me out first <laughs> Unless I, you know, get that Diablo sauce or <laughs> drink some Miralax and then done. <laughs> but, all right, everyone, stay weird. Goodbye. Goodbye.